It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. To the Joint Practices Podcast, the podcast for fans, by fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter at 11thegoat. This is episode 76. This is going to be a very special episode. We aren't going to have two episodes this week. It's Christmas week, so we're celebrating the only way we know how to. With Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox on the Twitter bird, at the Knox says, Soupy, what's good? Uh, nothing from this week of football, and Christmas was canceled. <laughs> I saw that tweet. That was funny. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a good Christmas for Vikings fans, that's for sure. But hey, there's always the sixth seed, right? Exactly. Still in the playoffs. That's good. Eagles, one win away. Did the unthinkable, beat the Dallas Cowboys. But before we move on, before we get into that, Soup, we're joined by a very special guest tonight. Oh, really? Friend of the pod, my father-in-law, Mr. Chris. You might remember him from the first ever 7-on-7s. He is a Saints fan. He is visiting, so he is hopping on the pod tonight to take the third chair. Mr. Chris, how you doing? Good day, y'all. Here we go, here we go. It won't be the pandering to Sean's wife game of the week. It will be pandering to Sean's father-in-law game of the week. (laughs) Hey, Saints are still in play for that one seed, aren't they? Hell, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they look good. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, they're still in there. I mean, they got the three seed. They they had the three seed locked up in, I think, week six or something. Yeah, because the NFC East is so bad. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys, we didn't do a Your Questions segment this week. We didn't put out the question. It's Christmas. We're busy. We'll get you next week. So let's get right into some studs and duds. It's all time. (laughs) Studs and duds, studs and duds. It's all time for studs and duds. It is all time for the studsies and the dudsies. So, super sticky Steve Knox, kick us off with a stud. Uh, how about Kenyon Drake this week? 24 carries, 166 yards, two touchdowns in their, the Cardinals' victory uh, over the Seahawks this week. I mean, I know I feel sick to my stomach because the Vikings lost, but how do you think <laughs> Seattle fans feel right now? More disturbing is they're still in play for the one seed. Yeah, that's that's just nuts. But yeah, not a not a good look. In <laughs> they week just 16. lost to the Cardinals. Yeah, not a good look in week sixteen, losing to the Cardinals. Well, I'll tell you, my first stud absolutely murdered any chance I had of winning my fantasy football championship, and that was Saquon Barkley, who absolutely went ham on the Knicks. There was he said it. You're talking about potatoes, right? <laughs> yes. 
when you look at Barkley, I mean, I know it was Washington, but he still had 189 yards rushing. He averaged 8.6 yards a carry. He had a touchdown receiving. He had a touchdown. Was that an ad play? It was. He had a touchdown receiving, touchdown rushing, added 90 yards receiving on four catches, scoring 50-something fantasy points and absolutely burying me to second place. You got to give props when a guy has a day, so there it is. Yeah, you talk about losing fun. losing the uh, the playoffs. I won my game by point one two to win the league. <laughs> I, I the Wyndham Wuffle Muffins. I needed Minnesota's defense to outscore Adam Thielen and Mike Boone by seven point four points, and they did it. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, what you got next? Uh, just because I like symmetry, I noticed that Julio Jones this week had 10 receptions for 166 yards. So um, that's one stud, 166 on the ground, and one through the air. So Julio Jones this week. The uh, surprise Falcons are now 6-9. and nine. I thought they were going to end the season with like three wins. You know what the worst, the best part is, and I bet Chris would agree with this is they desperately needed to fire Dan Quinn and the GM and just you know start fresh. They have a lot of talent, and they just they, they're not elevating the talent. They're not putting them in positions to win. And today it was announced Quinn and Dimitrioff will return. So I'm sure Panthers. Saints, who's the other team in that division? Bucks. The Bucks are all rejoicing. <laughs> uh, the lowly Falcons will return. Speak status quo. Yeah. Speaking of the Bucks, I read a report today saying Jameis Winston is seeking thirty million dollars a year in his next contract. <laughs> I saw that too. Apparently, I think they should give it to every interception. Yeah. Apparently, the price of crab legs has gone up. <laughs> so yeah, bad. they need to give that to him. Yeah, the Bucks should pay him. They should stay in purgatory. All right, my last stud is going to be Fitz Magic because <laughs> Cincinnati and Miami played. Miami wins thirty-eight thirty-five in a shootout for the first pick in the draft. Cincinnati did secure the first pick, by the way. But Fitzpatrick threw 52 times, completed 31 passes for 419 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Good Lord. Guy's like 100, but he went to Harvard. Yep. And uh, his counterpart in that game, uh, Andy Dalton, 33 for 56, 396 and four touchdowns. (laughs) And the Bengals almost made the comeback. But, uh, yeah. Cincinnati's now on the clock, so. Yeah, I mean, Miami wins the game, but Cincinnati won the Joe Burrow Bowl. (laughs) I would imagine he's going to be the number one pick. I mean, he should. Now that Tua doesn't have a hip. I was going to say, I wouldn't put it past the Bengals to draft Tua. And then they can suck for even longer. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get Duddy. Super sticky. What you got? 
Have you heard that song by uh, what's what's her name? Lizzo. Cause my duds are the Minnesota Vikings. That's that's <laughs> it. And that's all. We'll talk more about why they are in a little bit. Can I give my dud? Because I'm only gonna do one this week, and it will encompass the entire Dallas Cowboys. About to make it rain. Because not only do they come into Philadelphia and absolutely flop, but after they get their ass whooped and lose control of the division on the brink of not making the playoffs, then they have to go to their team bus and sit on the tarmac for three hours because the plane breaks down. (laughs) Yes, Jerry, yes. And also, please bring back Jason Garrett. Uh, you talked about how you were hoping that this was going to be the unraveling of uh, the Cowboys. Lose the game, plane breaks down. Sounds like everything's going according to plan. It sure is. Uh, well, you got any more duds? No, it doesn't get any worse than what I've already mentioned. All right, well, let's get right into that Cowboys-Eagles game because Eagles win at home 17-9. As we've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, they control their destiny. Win and you're in. They got one game left against the Giants. A couple weeks ago, took them to overtime. But this was the game everybody picked Dallas. Everybody said the Eagles didn't have a shot. They don't have the talent. Dak's got all the weapons. Well, let me just tell you, Dak sucks. Okay, I don't care if he's hurt. He's supposed to be Superman. He can get the ball out to his weapons. They were 3 of 14 on third downs. They had one explosive play to Gallup. That was over Ronald Darby, who left the game and never returned. They settled for three field goals, no touchdowns, and had a fumble recovered by the Eagles in the red zone. I I think it was totaled at nine dropped passes. This was a team that absolutely gave up. Absolutely gave up towards the end of that game. There was no fight left in them. From Zeke to Amari Cooper to Dak, those guys were defeated at halftime. They settled for three field goals against a defense that let Ryan Fitzpatrick put up 30-something points. That let Dwayne Haskins look elite. They gave up. And just a little a little bit of nail in the coffin juice for Dak Prescott. We can end the Dak versus Wentz talk right now. Carson Wentz is a far better quarterback. He's winning with less before. He had all the all the weapons and Dak had nothing. Well, Dak has all the weapons now and he put up nine points. Okay. Dak has four games this year without a touchdown pass. Four. Carson Wentz has four games without a touchdown pass since uh, November 6, 2016. Carson Wentz also became the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 30-plus completions in three straight games without a single interception. Your boy's making a rain with Greg Ward Jr., J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, and Robert Davis. How many of those guys have you heard of before? 
Uh, two. <laughs> yes, because you do a podcast with me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't count. I was talking to the listeners. Mr. Chris, you ever heard of any of those guys? Never heard of him. <laughs> oh, man. This was great. Absolutely great. Offense, real quick. Miles Sanders. Remember when we uh, heard about Miles Sanders in training camp and the beat writers were saying he's the second coming? Second coming? Okay, Corsi. Like Corsi there for a second. <laughs> Jesus. He was the second coming of LaShawn McCoy, and we're all like, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes. Well, we're starting to see what they saw in the offseason. The guy's explosive, whether it's in the pass game, the run game. I think we can start talking about Miles Sanders as a candidate for rookie of the year. I don't think he'll win it. I think Josh Jacobs is running away with it. But Josh you Jacob, have to start Jingle talking Hammer about Schmidt? that's the one. You got to start talking about Miles Sanders in the conversation. In the NFL, all purpose leaders, Miles Sanders is currently seventh behind McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, Michael Thomas, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and Zeke. He's literally seventh in the NFL. You know, uh, yards from scrimmage. That's awesome. He's a rookie. I love it. I love it. The defense, though, we said the defense was going to be the linchpin for this game. If they started getting burned deep, we were going to be in a lot of trouble. I was very impressed whether Dak was inaccurate or not, whether Dallas left plays on the field or not. When the time came, the defense did step up. They did make some plays. Sidney Jones rise, rose from the dead in the last few weeks. He seems to like have to come in for an injury and make a big play at the biggest moment of the game every week. I don't know where this guy's been for the past three years, but I will take it. I will take it. So, I'm not going to take up too much time in this game. We got a lot to get to, but... The fact of the matter is, for the past three weeks, we've been saying one game at a time, one win at a time. The Eagles finally beat Dallas in the Doug Peterson-Carson Wentz era. 17-9, we are one win away from the playoffs. That could get dangerous. We're going to do a playoff picture in this episode, too, so we will get to updated seedings and stuff in a little bit, but soup. We got to talk about seven. Seven first downs. Yeah, not ideal if you're talking about four quarters of a football game. <laughs> uh, so I am referencing if you're not following. The Green Bay Packers beat Minnesota 23 to 10 in a game in which Minnesota had seven first downs the entire game. What? happened well let's see you can't coach you can't block you can't run you don't have enough time to throw the ball so yeah it was pretty much just everything coming together uh all at the same time you literally they played their worst game since what week three or four whenever they played the bears like this was atrocious like they literally it, it's funny, too, because as bad as they played, they had control of the game in the first half. <laughs> and then they basically just became a victim of uh, we can't extend drives. 
the defense played for almost 40 minutes of the game. Like, eventually, Green Bay's going to find a way to, to wear you down, you know, and finally score. And we saw it late with Aaron Jones just being able to basically do whatever he wanted because you're beat up. You know, both of your starting linebackers get knocked out of the game. So, you know, you're playing second-string guys, and everybody else is gassed. So, um, yeah, it was it was pretty ugly. I'm going to say Kirk Cousins was pressured on 47% of his dropbacks in this game. Think about that. Like That's insane. <laughs> every God. Every friggin' lineman, except maybe Brian O'Neill, I think, had their worst game of the season uh, in this game. Just looked like nobody gave a shit. Like, I, I don't know what else to say, but, yeah, you, you dropped back 31 times and you got pressured you know, 15 of those times. It's just absurd. <laughs> no time. No time to do anything. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, I brought up in our last episode about how I thought, you know, the running back position for the Vikings in this game is probably going to, you know, be the difference maker if they lose. And I think, you know, it absolutely was. Um, <laughs> it seemed like, you know, their game plan from a coaching perspective was, we're just going to do what we usually do and we're going to try to establish the run. And then hopefully that opens something up in the passing game and that they didn't succeed in running the ball. You know, Mike Boone, no 11 no. carries for 28 <laughs> yards. He literally looked like, like a peewee football player. They handed him the ball and he just <laughs> ran straight to wherever he was supposed to. And it didn't matter if the hole was there or not. <laughs> He had a long, a long oh. run of seven in the game. Like even Amir Abdullah, an average two point eight yards. Yeah, Amir Abdullah even Yikes. ran the ball four times for twenty seven yards. Like almost matched Boone's total in four carries. <laughs> yeah, it's they they missed the hell out of Dalvin Cook. Even Alexander Madison, Madison. I would have taken fifty percent Alexander Madison in that game, and I guarantee he would have done better. But there was, I mean, you had two great tripping plays by uh, Green Bay. I'll give him that. That was uh, quite excellent. These defensive backs, you know, accidentally tying up their feet with the receivers. Um, one led to an incompletion to Thielen. Where he fell down on the sideline. One of his four targets. Um, says he feels good, you know, but didn't, you know, make make good on his opportunities. So like he said, you know. I can only try to make a play when the ball is coming to me. The rest of it's out of my hands. So I feel like they didn't they didn't use these guys in uh you know short order like quick screens, you know hitch routes, like anything you can do to get the ball out of Cousins' hands early because obviously you can't block for the guy. Like you don't give him any time to to do anything. So um, yeah, they made no adjustments in the second half. Just came out, did the same exact stuff. Um, and my biggest question for the coaching staff is what the hell happened to the screen game? Like they have just been (laughs) killing it in the screen game. They, you know, like whether it's Boone, like Boone had one reception the whole game. So if you're going to put him out there, you know, you need to make him respect both aspects of his game. So I don't, maybe they just don't trust him to run the, uh, to catch the ball. I don't know, but because they got Abdullah in there, 
you know, threw the ball to him seven times, caught six of them. But um, yeah, this was absolutely awful. Like they had no clue what to do, and very concerning moving forward. You know, I thought the defense actually played a really good game until late on, but it again, that's just you're tired. You've been playing, you know, two thirds of the game. It's not something you want to do as a defender. You know, they shut down the Packers. They made made the Packers turn the ball over, and the offense just didn't help them out one bit. Yeah, they had, what, three in the first half? Three yep. takeaways, and they yep. couldn't capitalize on any of them. Yeah, typically when you win the turnover battle, so three to one, um, you usually win those games. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, when Aaron Rodgers has a stat line that looks like 26 of 40 for 216, no touchdowns and an interception, those are the games that you need to beat the Packers in. Because yep. he wasn't, you know, he wasn't on his game. That's for damn sure. Like, the, uh, I think the, the defense just, Zimmer put him out there and was like, we're just not going to let them, you know, get that big play against us. And so they let, you know, Rodgers dink and dunk to Devontae Adams. But other than that, nobody else was very impressive. And Booger McFarlane kept bringing it up. Who's going to be the next guy to step up? Who's going to be the other receiver that makes a difference? And it was nobody. So if, you know, for the Packers, if they're playing somebody who has a shutdown corner who can play one-on-one with Adams the whole time, like that could spell disaster for for this offense if they're going to play like this. Because, I mean, Rodgers has been a shell of his former self pretty much the entire season. They're still 12-3 and three because that defense has been playing really well. And Aaron Jones can run the ball. But, uh, yeah, this is a yeah. – should have won this game if uh, if the offense, you know, showed up at all. Because, literally, if the Vikings play anybody else in this game, they lose by 40 the way that that offense performed. Yeah. they Like, I mean, we look at the score, and it could have been a whole lot worse in either direction. The Vikings should have been up in that game 21 nothing in the first half. Yep. The way Green Bay was turning the ball over, and they just... They're kind of limping into the playoffs here, which... You know, I hate to say this because you're a Vikings fan, but, I mean, they limped at the end of the season and ended up missing the playoffs. They're lucky this year they at least have, you know, the sixth seed locked in now, but they're kind of limping into the playoffs. Again, you know, you kind of want to build up that momentum going into the playoffs. and like they were, Everybody is getting hurt on this team right now, and it's like the absolute worst time for it to happen. You know, everybody deals with injuries, but... You definitely don't want to have injuries to your core players, you know, in the last couple of weeks of the regular season. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden everybody's questionable going into the playoffs. And it looks like you, you know, might have an early end to your uh, your postseason. So not great. I did want to mention I was also very upset at Stefan Diggs' throwing ability. <laughs> because he had Kirk Cousins wide open on that Philly special and just sailed it past him. And 
I've just seen the memes rolling all over Twitter. <laughs> Kirk Cousins diving with an ugly look on his face, and the ball's not even close to him. Oh, it was a great play design. They, you know, they handled it really well. But, um, yeah, yeah like it, awesome. it sucks when with this offense. You know, obviously not having your starting running backs back there, but with what they have otherwise for weapons. It's the only time they like seemed to have any success was doing these little trick and gadget plays. So very concerning. Somebody on the offensive well, you know what line the Vikings needs to fucking... need. What? The Vikings need to pick up a third string quarterback who's built like a tank who they can use as a gadget player. Huh? Huh? No, they yeah. don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, all right, like, let's. I want to say that the I thought the my biggest issue the last couple of weeks has been the corners, um, but I thought that they, you know, all handled themselves really well in this game. So that's you know at least the silver lining in this game, because that was definitely um, a big issue for them, and what I thought was going to be the reason that they would lose in the playoffs, but to go in against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and. You know, they really did have a have a great game. So, not to mention that insane interception that uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Oh, Anthony Harris had. He read Aaron Rodgers like a yep. book. Came flying across yeah. the field and picked that ball <laughs> off. That was awesome. He's a guy that they have to show up in the offseason. he threw it like. Yeah, well, I don't know how he didn't. Rodgers didn't see him. That was an easy pick. Oh yeah. For him, for Harris, but he was all over it. All right, let's go ahead and uh, get to the playoff picture then and see what we got coming up this week. Powerhouse, yeah, they building up the dream scene. Sleeper teams keep trucking. Watch out for the six Playoff picture clearing up. Unlike Steven's eyes. All right, the playoff picture is almost set. We are week 17. There is literally two spots that are not secured yet. We'll start in the AFC. Ravens have secured the one seed and home field. Bippity-boppity-boo. The Patriots are a little... uh, Did they secure the bye? No, they have not. But they are currently locked in. They are currently in the two seed. Chiefs are the three seed. Texans four seed. Bills five seed. All those teams have clinched their division or a playoff spot. The sixth seed is the one that remains open. Currently belongs to the Tennessee Titans. If they win, they are in. But soup, let me tell you this. There is a road in which John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders could take the sixth seed. Raiders would have to beat the Broncos. The Titans would have to lose to the Texans, and the Steelers would have to lose to the Ravens. If those things happen, we could be seeing John Gruden in the playoffs. Spider 2, why banana in the playoffs? <laughs> it's surprising. Like, I want it to happen for one reason and one reason only. You know why I want to see that happen for one reason? So that if he gets in there, we can say, Chucky got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just want to see Gruden in the playoffs. 
it's going to be interesting the, because, uh, um, like, the Texans can't really improve their positioning. Um, I mean, I guess if the Chiefs lost too, but like, I don't know how their their uh their matchup is as far as tiebreakers for who, you know, who would be the the better seed if they had the same record, but the Ravens obviously have nothing to play for and have a beat-up Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, so they'll probably sit a bunch of guys. So there's that opportunity there for the Steelers. Even oh, They looked god-awful last week. Um, and RG3's playing for Baltimore. Yeah. So, something to prove. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be... There's gonna, <laughs> there oh, one th- are a few games that are going to be way more interesting than I thought they were, like looking ahead. Yep. One thing I forgot... Uh, for Oakland to clinch, uh, they have to win. Pittsburgh and Tennessee both have to lose, but also Indianapolis would have to win because that helps Oakland clinch the strength of victory tiebreaker over Pittsburgh. Uh, see, that's how they get you. That's going to happen. So, the Chiefs still have a chance at, at a bye. They would have to win, and New England would lose. Otherwise, New England wins against Miami, <laughs> which they lost last year at this game. But anyways, uh, the Patriots lose. Kansas City can win and take take the bye. Otherwise, Patriots win, and they are the two seed. Uh, Pittsburgh would have to win, and they would have to have Tennessee lose and Oakland lose. So basically, those are set. It's looking like we're going to have Ravens-Patriots with the byes. That would have the Chiefs hosting the Titans, Texans hosting the Bills. Those would be some interesting wildcard games. Yeah, a lot that can happen. Titans are sneaky. Good friend of the pod, Mr. Breton, would agree. All right. This is where things get a little wild. We're going to move over to the NFC. Oh, my Lord. I heard this stat on NFL Network this morning. We're going into week 17, and five of the seeds are still up for grabs. <laughs> the only team locked in... You're welcome. ...is the Vikings at the sixth seed. Thanks, Vikings. The four seed is going to the winner of the NFC East. They cannot get a better seed than that. It's Eagles win, they're in. Cowboys could get in with an Eagles loss and a Cowboys victory over Washington. Eagles could get in with a loss and a Cowboys loss. So, Eagles, just do your job. Win and you're in. But currently, the 49ers are projected at the one seed at 12-3. and three. Packers are currently the two seed at 12-3. and three. Saints are the three seed at 12-3. and three. I see a theme here. The Eagles have moved into the playoff picture, folks. Eight and seven, the fourth seed. Win and you're in. Fifth seed is the Seahawks, 11-4. And, and we just said Vikings, sixth seed at 10-5. and five. Let's see here. New Orleans can move in to the bye if they win and Green Bay loses or if San Francisco loses. So either Green Bay or San Fran lose, the Saints are going to jump up to a bye. Pretty sure the Packers win. They get it. Yeah. They're playing the Lions. That's not yeah. not great. And Seattle 
This is the craziest thing is now Seattle that... and the Niners are playing each other week 17. For the division, <laughs> if Seattle could win this game. If and... Seattle wins, they win the division, but they lose the seeding yep. because New Orleans beat Seattle. Yep. So to get a bye, Seattle would have to win and Green Bay would have to lose. There's still a scenario where if Green Bay and New Orleans lose, Seattle could jump up to the one seed. But currently, they have it. Niners 1, Packers 2, Saints 3, Eagles 4, Seahawks 5, Vikings 6. So that would set up a wild card weekend of the Vikings going to the Saints. Whatever. <laughs> Soup, how would you feel that. about having to go to Nolens? Uh, not ideal, but you know, I think they this team has shown well, let's before just, with let's just say with an average quarterback that they can, you know, beat the Saints let, in the last second. Yeah, play. let's just say that all it takes is for somebody to go into the Superdome in you know an important game in the postseason, and they can beat the Saints. That's been proven what three years running now. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, that would be a, a nerve-wracking game for me. Yeah, there's not, I mean, any of these top four teams I'm not really excited about playing. Uh, the Eagles, you know, are going to what end the season on a four, four or five-game win streak. So they're peaking at the four right games, time. Yep. Um, obviously, you know, the Saints, led by Drew Brees, um, with a secondary that has been questionable. At times, many times this season. Oh, that, that's... You don't want... That secondary is worse than you think right now. That secondary is so torn up. They have their top three safeties out right now. Limited in practice or just outright out. Uh, let's see. Eli Apple, He's uh, he was limited in practice, uh, which, you know, that may be a blessing for any offense. Uh, <laughs> But uh, maybe a blessing for the Saints, too, because, you know, that's Eli Apple. Anyway, uh, Marcus Williams, their free safety, he's, uh, he was limited with a groin. Von Bell, uh, pro bowler Von Bell, he was, he's out. That's their, their strong safety. And their rookie standout, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he's also hurt. Uh, did something. He's got a couple of things, uh, hip and forearm. Yeah, they're hurting in their secondary right now. Anybody's going to be able to uh, take them apart. So what do the Saints need to do? Well, you know, if anybody can take them apart in the secondary, well, the Saints just figure we'll go out and look at A.B., and if we can pick him up, we can score 50 points a game. <laughs> yeah. I wish Stephen was here for his weekly A.B. drama segment. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. A.B. was trying out for the Saints this morning. Yeah, trying out for the Saints. I'm not – Real happy about that guy, but you know. This is like the Des Bryant move they made last year. Another guy that's just yeah. like he's super talented, but you never know the nonsense that's going to come from that. Yeah, but you know, if if all you need him to do is win four games, then all right, we'll take him. And if he keeps his nose clean, I'd I'd rather have Des than AB. But you know, as far as a somebody in the locker room, I'd rather have Des than AB. But Somebody to help you win four games. All right, I'll take AB. Yeah. Good luck covering AB and Michael Thomas. <laughs> Jesus. And but. Ted Ginn and Trey Con Juan Smith. 
There's so much speed yeah, on the field. The, it's and disgusting. then you got to worry about Alvin Kamara. Just that's yeah, a nightmare waiting to happen. So I I saw the wheels turning in Sean Payton's head when I read that report this morning, and I was just like, "You watch, they're gonna the sign that, him, and he's gonna score like two touchdowns really, on the Vikings. You're just gonna be yeah, the so one mad." Really got everybody scared is uh, Jared Cook because you know over the last three games Jared Cook has come on. Yeah. So. That's the one that you really got to worry about. Is you know, Mike's out there, you know, breaking records, doing his thing, and Ted Ginn. Eh, you don't have to worry about him. Just throw him the ball, and he won't catch anything. <laughs> but I mean, you got to respect the fact that he can still get down the field at his age. But you know, he's never been a, a great catcher. But uh, yeah, I mean, if if AB can come in and help spread the field out a little bit with him and Mike. And then uh, Jared Cook up the middle, and Alvin Kamara to catch the the dump off passes. Oof, that's ugly. Yep. If they signed AB, you have to I would feel real good about my uh, my Super Bowl prediction, as far as the NFC is concerned. Yeah. AFC still out to lunch. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. AFC is freaking ugly this year, but you know, I think it's all the Ravens. Lamar. Lamar. I, All right. I so the other wild, if uh, yeah. like if you know there are one of these teams, obviously the Vikings are the, the sixth seed, so they won't be playing the Eagles. But um, yeah, the the one team that I would like to see them go on the road against right now would be Seattle, and it's just because Seattle. If you look at these other teams, Seattle is four and three at home this year, so there's you know that ability to win on the road if you go and play in Seattle. Uh, San Francisco 6-2, and two, the Saints are 6-2, and two, and the Packers are 7-1 and one at home. So, yeah, that, that would be... I like to call them... Who did they lose to at home? Saints. Who? The Packers? Packers lost at home to the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, who did the Packers <laughs> lose? DB James, where you at, baby? All right, so that other... Wild card matchup would at this time look like the Eagles hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Let me tell you what. Seattle just lost their two top running backs. Yeah, they just re-signed Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin like it's 2011. (laughs) That doesn't scare me. The Eagles held the Seahawks to 17 points at home earlier this year when they were super banged up and had no idea what they were doing. We were still trying the Mac Collins experiment. If that game comes to fruition, I seriously like the Eagles' chances at home against Seattle much more than I would against the Niners or anyone else in the NFC playoffs at this point. And, I mean, like you said, the Seahawks, though, are playing a nearly lights out on the road this year. 7-1 and one on the road. Their only road loss was that game against the Rams uh, a few weeks ago. So not really a team that I would like to see coming into our building. But then again. Who's the home team on this last week between the Niners and the Seahawks? Uh, Let's see. It is at Seattle. Well, you know the 12s are going to be up for that one. Yep. (laughs) Do you hear who's going to be the 12th man guy raising the flag or whatever they do? It's the boss. Really? 
Yeah. What? <laughs> Bringing back the boss. Somebody, they put it out on Twitter that Brian Bosworth would be the 12th man raising the flag, and somebody said, <laughs> unless Bo Jackson runs him over on the way to the flagpole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Going to be an exciting week 17. Still a few things in play. Like we said, five of those six seeds are still up for grabs in some shape or form. So we'll be glued to the TV this Sunday for these matchups. We can go ahead and start previewing them because Eagles are going on the road up 95 to face the New York football giants. This time, there will be no Eli. Danny Dimes. Who does not scare me? Guy has like 30 turnovers this year. I think this is going to be a tough game just because the Eagles have made things difficult for themselves lately. They seem to always triumph in these close games. They are on a three-game win streak, three straight division games. Eagles, Washington, uh, Giants, Washington, Dallas Cowgirls go down. I want nothing more than the Eagles to just take care of business. Carson Wentz to continue his streak. 30-plus completions, no interceptions. I'll make a bold prediction right now that if Carson Wentz does not turn the ball over, I guarantee the Eagles win this game. Guarantee it. I think I would guarantee it even if he did. I mean, the Giants have... They have Saquon, but the Eagles are very, very good at shutting down the run. I mean, they sh- they pretty much held Saquon the first game. They shut down Zeke last week. That's that's what they excel at. They're going to dare Danny Dimes, old Daniel Jones industrial average here. <laughs> they're going to challenge him, and they're going to make him beat him with their arm. And even though Ronald Darby will be out for this game, I don't care if it's Razul Douglas or Sidney Jones. The Giants' line is bad. If the Eagles can get even average amount of pressure, they're going to force this kid to throw the ball up. Pass breakups, incompletions. God forbid I say interceptions. I know that's a foreign thing for Philadelphia, but if we could make some of those, I can see the Eagles scoring 30 points in this game. Carson has developed this awesome chemistry with Greg Ward, he is a... Jeez, I don't even know what the word is. Former college quarterback. I mean, everybody's comparing him, saying he's the new Edelman. But I can honestly see it. He runs such crisp routes. He catches everything that's thrown to him. And he's been clutch in these last three games in like key situations. Third downs, fourth downs. The game-winning touchdown over Josh Norman. Those... Those plays really have stuck and just built this chemistry with Carson. And now Carson, you know, he's got that rapport. He's starting to trust the other guys. He's throwing to Jay Jaw more. You saw Robert Davis get his second career NFL catch last week. They just called up another kid from the practice squad. Uh, I think his name's Deontay Burnett. Apparently he's supposed to be like really quick, like kind of slottish receiver. Used to, I uh, King, came up. I don't even remember who he came up with. He played actual NFL football with the Jets last year. Had like 10 catches throughout the season. 
But apparently from what Doug Peterson said, he picked up the offense really quick and he's really, you know, he's a good ball player. So I'd like to see what he can do out there. The The whole thing of this game is win and you're in. That's what they got to do. They got to win this game and they're in the freaking playoffs with Carson Wentz. My goal from the beginning of the season, get Carson Wentz in the playoffs, get that monkey off his back. He beat Dallas. That monkey's gone. He beat that monkey. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> hey, you know, sometimes you have to pay extra for that. <laughs> Just ask oh, Robert Kraft. Oh, yes, you did. He might be facing <laughs> felony charges now. Oh, good. I hadn't heard that. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, they, That's good they, better, right they better charge all those other people with felonies, too, then. Yep. Fair is fair. The moral of the story is when you go to Florida, it shouldn't be for a hand job in a massage parlor. It should be to go to Disney. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right. So, anyways, Eagles win, and they are in. I would just like to throw out a little caveat. We uh, we just concluded the playoff picture, but should the Eagles take care of business this week and get to the playoffs? said I like that matchup with the Seahawks. I do believe that's a game they could win. Just not looking too far ahead, but just throwing this out there. If the Eagles were to win their wild card game and move into the second round, Deshaun Jackson would come back. I don't think there's a team out there that wants to play a surging Eagles team getting Deshaun Jackson back. He is currently running at full speed. He is he is healed from this injury. If he wasn't on IR, he literally could play right now. They have to wait for that second round for the eight weeks. So if they make it to the second round, we're going to get DJX. And it's a whole different ballgame at that point. Mm. I think uh, you talk about injuries. Um, I don't know if you mentioned what happened with Zach Ertz and that Cowboys game, but Jesus, what a monster. The fact that he had a broken rib and he came back in the game and played and finished the game, like, not only finished, he had like three catches player. after that. Yeah, should be a hockey player. Like that's the type of stuff you hear about when uh, back when the Boston Bruins made that run for the cup. Uh, the injury report came out after they won, saying that uh, Patrice Bergeron had broken a rib and punctured his lung, and he played the rest the last four games of that series. <laughs> like, good lord. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I can't imagine having to jump up and, like, reach my hands above my head to catch a ball and, you know, a guy coming in and, you know, the hit that that he took that broke his ribs. But then you need to go back out there and try to do that again when your rib's broken. That sounds more painful than the actual hit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This week's ginger ale grown man of the week, Zach Ertz. (laughs) Ginger ale. All right, let's go on to the Packers going to Detroit to face the Lions. The David Blau Lions. I don't know. I think the Packers just going <laughs> to just go in there and take care of business. But it's week 17, so crazier things have happened. The Packers know they need to win this game to hold on to a bye. There is a scenario where what is it, the Niners lose and the Packers win and they clinch home field at that point? 
So they got a lot to play for. I think they go in there and just spank the spiraling lions. They, the lions have nothing left. They have nothing to play for. They lose this game, then they win the Chase Young sweepstakes. So, yeah, I, I, you know, the coaches and the players aren't gonna go out there and lose, but on purpose. But I don't see a whole lot of fight in the Lions left. Yeah, this is. I mean, you hate to see a scenario week seventeen where a team just comes in and doesn't give a crap. But I think you know Matt Patricia might get his guys a little fired up uh, going into this game. Obviously. Packers coming to Detroit, and there's been speculation for much of this year on whether or not Patricia is the guy, you know, in in Detroit, and they're kind of giving him a pass because of the whole Matthew Stafford thing. But I personally, if I was him, I'd be like, well, I need to go out and prove this, like, at the end of the season against a division rival. That yes, I want this job, and I'm the right guy. So. I think he uh, has his team ready to go, and they're going to pull out some surprises. And I think they'll give the Packers a little bit of trouble because the last time these teams played each other in Lambeau, the Packers only won 23-22. to So it's a little uncomfortable for them uh, when they played in Green Bay. So you never know. And I'm just saying Aaron Rodgers again this past week didn't look so hot, so... Who knows if maybe he's dealing with something that he's not revealing. But the Packers should yeah, win this game, but wouldn't that be one hell of a surprise if they didn't? And in fine Minnesota Vikings fashion, the Packers would lose this game, and we'd be like, well, fuck, if we won last week, we would have we won the division. Yeah. Oops. So, you know, in this meaningless game where the Bears are going to Minnesota, this will be the game that the Vikings actually show up and destroy the Bears and put on an offensive performance, and you're like, well, where the hell was that last week? Yeah, this, to me, feels like uh, it's going to be week four of the preseason. So you'll see, you know, the starters that are available, they'll play, like, the first half of the game, and then doesn't matter what happens from there. They just want to get him some reps and get him off the schneid, especially offensively um, from what they did, you know, this past week. You know, just try and get some some plays, some easy plays, just get the familiarity back there. Um, Dalvin Cook's not going to play again this week. Eric Kendricks, linebacker, not going to play this week. Madison is still questionable. He's been a limited participant in uh, in practice, but to me, it feels like that the Vikings should go make a deal with the Lions and bring back Kyle Sloter if this is going to be like one of those uh, starters Ew. the first half of the game and then bring in the reserves because <laughs> there's no chance they win if they pull their starters at halftime. But again, meaningless game. This is just going through the motions. Doesn't matter if you win. Doesn't matter if you lose would be nice to see those guys get some reps to uh, stay fresh in the mind. But, again, this game literally means nothing. It's it's an exhibition game. Yeah. I mean, in a, in a way, I feel like the Vikings have to win this game for their own sake just to give themselves a little bit of momentum. I mean, you don't want to limp into the playoffs two straight losses and then have to go to New Orleans. Like, that's just... Oof. There's no momentum 
for the, for your especially your offense. Your defense always seems to play pretty well. I mean, the Packers last week, they just got them towards the end. I mean, Aaron Jones broke that was a 56-yard run. Yep. I mean, at that point, the Vikings defense was just on the field for so long. I mean, so many drive after drive after drive. Packers just kept pounding and pounding and pounding, and eventually they broke. But, I mean, you want to get some momentum going into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. It's always nice to sometimes be that uh, underdog team that everybody's kind of overlooking. When we've seen, you hey, know, how, how, hey. how this team can perform, uh, especially offensively, you know, and just you, you think back to like that, that Broncos game where they were just dog shit the first half and then they came out and scored on every possession that they had, scored a touchdown every possession they had in the second half. So, um, yeah, sometimes <laughs> limping in, you know, you look a little weak. Maybe the team kind of overlooks you a little bit, and then you come out and shock the world. So, I mean, we'll definitely see what happens. I don't feel great about their playoff chances at this point, just given all the injuries. But, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, beside that, I would have felt like they could contend with whoever they have to play in Wild Card Weekend. But right now, if you're not healthy, then it, things get extremely challenging. True. Before we move on, I just wanted to add one thing for the Eagles-Giants game. We You brought up Ertz. He's actually not going to play this week. He's going to rest that rib. So it's going to be the Dallas Goddard game. In a game they got to have, I'm just telling you right now, if you play DFS, Dallas Goddard is going to have like 29 targets this week. And also the Eagles just re-signed Richard Rodgers, who I heard referred to <laughs> on another podcast as Dick Rod. And I almost crashed my car. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> that reminds me of the greatest pitcher in uh, Red Sox history, Mr. Dick Pole. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> what was the, was it Rusty Cunts? Wasn't that a pitcher too? I think so, yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, oh, Tampa right. Bay had that guy whose name looked like it was uh, Putts. It was like pronounced Poots or something like that. J.J. Putts. Putts, that's what it was. No, was, was it Putts? I thought it was pronounced something yeah. different. I don't know. I all I Putz. remember is watching the game that he started against the Red Sox in Fenway. And on the Nesson broadcast, just one guy, every single time he w- would wind up, would just yell, Putts! <laughs> <laughs> Every single time. And you could hear him on the broadcast? Yeah, you could hear they coming through the microphones of the cameras. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and get rolling here. We're going to get to the pick em here, but before we do, we talked about the different seedings, the different possibilities. I wanted to ask Chris before we move on. You got the Panthers. And a very raw quarterback making his second start. Is there any part of this game where you feel the Saints might might get a little lead and pull the starters, or do you think they're going to go full bore, not leave any anything to doubt? Uh, Drew is playing a little hurt right now. Uh, he 
he was limited in practice and walkthroughs and that sort of stuff. So I could see them pulling him or even starting Teddy. I mean, Teddy went five and zero. Oh. You know, it's yeah, <laughs> it's not a, a a stretch to think that he could go in there and you know do well against them, well enough to get a win and and well enough to to help them. I mean, the Saints need a lot of a lot of help just to get out of that three spot, but you know, three spots not going to hurt them. I think the three seed is perfect for the Saints. Because that would mean they wouldn't, the Eagles wouldn't have to play him till a potential conference championship game. Yeah. <laughs> One, yeah, no part of the Saints. And uh, you know, to be honest with you, I, I hate watching the Saints come out after a bye, after a you know, they they don't do well after bye weeks in the middle of the week or in the middle of the season. You know, that I think they've won one in the last uh, nine years. And that was, uh, no, 9, 10, something like that. It's ugly. They do not do well after bye weeks. That's why I, I you know, give them the three seed. Let's take that and, and uh, just keep on rolling. Rolling, 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 rolling. And if they have to do that with Teddy and Taysom, so be it. Well, Soup, you ready? I am ready as can be. Let's get to the pick Hey, pick em, that's the name of the game. Snatching winners every week like a turnover chain. Uh, picking spreads over under long shots. Ha! You know we got it cause our bank rolls on top. Week 16 recap of the pick em. First one on the docket was Ravens at the Browns. The Ravens were a 10 and a half point favorite. 48 over under. Correct answer would have been Ravens under. Steven course got the three-point play but steve and i and the public all hit the ravens so it's all right we'll get it back like Raphael, he lost his sight i can get it back all right the jpp death match packers at vikings vikings were a four and a half point home favorite oops 45 and a half over under the correct answer packers under i will take the three-point play Steven got the Packers. Steve got the under. The leading public didn't get anything. So, sucks to be them. And the pandering to Sean's wife game of the week. Titans hosting the Saints. Saints were only a one and a half point favorite somehow. Over under was 50. When the Saints are playing, you always take the over. Good up. Let's see here. This looks like Sean... Steve and the public all hit the three-point play. Steven only gets the Saints. Gained some points there, guys. And the final matchup was the Cowboys at the Eagles. Cowboys two and a half. And over under 46 and a half. It looks like you should have went Eagles under. I got nothing. Steve got the under. Public and Steven hit the Eagles. So... Going into the final week of the regular season. Updated standings. Steve, creeping on up there. You're in reach at 72 points. I'm at 76 points. Steven, 77 points. And the public is at 79 points. 
I think this is the first time since like week three that we've all been in the same like like the, we're all in the seventies. Yeah. Seventies. Yeah. We're all in the same tens. <laughs> it's been a long time. You are within striking distance of the public. So we can go ahead and get into week seventeen. First match is the Bears at Vikings. Vikings one point favorite at home. Thirty six and a half over under. Steven says Vikings over. The public says Vikings under. The Knox says see what I did there? That that's a, that's my Twitter thing. Uh I, I say Vikings over. Um thirty six and a half is a ridiculously low number. I know both of these defenses play really well, but I think uh like I said, if they're gonna play the starters in the first half, they got something to prove, so they go out there and put up uh put up some quick points. I'm going to agree with the public. I'm going to go Vikings under, and I'm going to say the Vikings win 17-3. to We're a little damned if you do, damned if you don't with this game. Um, honestly, I should have just taken the Bears because there's no way to pick I mean, up a point spread... on one or the other. You know, If I'm picking the Vikings, I lose a point there because everybody's going to get the Vikings. I don't understand the, the one-point spread. Isn't that just a pick them? How do you win by less than a point? This is a uh, this is Las Vegas overreacting to what happened uh, this past week. I mean so that line them. doesn't even make sense. Well, I know, but they're just trying to draw in people to bet on the game. That's they're like, oh well, trying to get people to take the Bears. The real question: one or the other, just to draw the, the line. How do you score thirty six point five points in a game? I guess to hit it, you ha- they would have. To hit a total of thirty-seven. 37. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They put where the if it was thirty-six, you could win at thirty-six. Okay. Got to got to shave a half point in there. I don't. I mean, thirty-six and a half is an awfully low score, like you said, Steve. But to be honest, I don't see the Bears scoring five. Yeah, it's the second lowest over under of the week. Thirty-six for the Bills and the Jets. Yeah, this is. I mean, I believe there's a 37 in there too. Raven Steelers 37. I mean, you Raven think back Steelers, to what happened last 37? this past week. Uh, no Lamar. Even uh, you know the Vikings and Packers game was a 33 point total. The Eagles and Cowboys played to 26 points. Yep. So certainly an opportunity yep. there, but I just believe. Uh, I believe in the Vikings giving up a couple of big plays like they usually do and making some big plays to prove that they don't suck as bad as everybody thinks they do. Yeah, I can, I, I can see a Mitchie craps in his pants game and the Vikings defense just dominates. I don't see Scores the Bears scoring many points in this game at all. So watch, it's going to be a 38-35 to 35 game. So <laughs> Probably. Get the schlubs game up. Yeah. Sean Mannion will throw for 400 yards. (laughs) Quarterback controversy going into the playoffs. (laughs) Packers at the Lions. The Packers are a 12 and a half point home favorite, uh, road favorite. Oh, 43 over under. What is What is the, what would the score be on that? 12 and a half. 43. Uh, a lot to not so much. <laughs> it's like 31 to 
Well, if they what, scored thirty-one seventeen, almost. <laughs> well, thirty-one seventeen would be forty-eight. So you're already there. Yeah, uh, I mean that's thirty-three fifteen. Thirty-three fifteen. Right? No. Thirty-three fifteen would be eighteen, and then uh, forty-eight. Yeah, no, so. Right. I mean, there's many ways to make it happen. It's the the Packers just have to win by 13 points. So, win by 13 points and you score 30. That's 43. Yeah, 40, you know, 30 to 13 is 43 points. Easy win. Steven but, is taking the lines to cover and the over. I mean, and the public is taking the Packers in the over, so we have some decisions to make here. Yeah, we're we are screwed. <laughs> I'm gonna take the lines in the under just for gits and shiggles. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna take the Packers and the under, and hopefully one of us gets this. Maybe I think the Packers can cover the Lions. Are dog shit. Yeah, but like I said before, they want Chase Young. They, you know. The Packers only beat the Lions by one point the last time they played, so this line is a bit obscure to me, especially on the road. And it's not even like the craziest line of the week. Like even New Orleans is a thirteen and a half point favorite this week. The Cowboys are an eleven point favorite this week. Uh the Patriots are a sixteen and a half point favorite playing the Dolphins, so <laughs> wouldn't go betting my life on that one, but yeah, these spreads are ridiculous. All right, we're going to move on to the Eagles going to the New Jersey Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Eagles are a four-and-a-half-point favorite, 45 over under. Steven is taking Eagles under. The public is taking Eagles under. And if you have you been listening to this podcast for the last three weeks, I am taking the Giants, and the over. Yep, I got to catch up. Same thing, Giants over. <laughs> oh, I would hate to see that, but I guess if the Eagles still win by three, you know, still fine. How are they going to score 45, though? Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. <laughs> Taking the Giants and the over. It's worked three weeks in a row. I'm going to keep going. And the last game of the week. Steven has completely given up on the Browns. <laughs> We're not even picking the Browns game this week. <laughs> Steven said, screw that. Get it off there. Steven wants to see the 1849ers at the Seattle Seahawks for the one seed, for the five seed, for home field, for all the chicken in the waffles. Niners, oh, three and a half point favorite. All the mashed potatoes in the mashed potato land. <laughs> there you go. It's supposed to be your go-to. Over-under. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Got excited. 47 the over-under. Steven says Seattle under. Public says Niners over. I am going to say the Niners cover. The game goes under because the Seattle Seahawks are going to be one-dimensional and the Niners are going to shut down Russell Wilson's passing game they're going to be hard-pressed to score points Niners under yeah well uh, 
I'll piggyback off that. I think exact same thing. I don't know. Rooting for the Niners. I think the Seahawks have struggled at home this year, so yeah, let's let's see the Niners go in there and you know win this game. It's gonna be one of those crazy defensive games. A uh, lot of lots of noise limits the Niners' ability to uh, score a lot of points, but yeah, it, it'd be nice to see the Niners' defense get back to form because you know they they were averaging just under 16 points that they were allowing. Uh, through the first 10 weeks of the season. And since then, they've been giving up almost 27. So going into the playoffs, it would be nice to see that defense start rolling again uh, for Niners fans. Just make things interesting. Make it work. Make it work. Guess what, guys? We did it. Episode 76 is in the books. I want to thank Chris for coming on, joining us. Who that? Who that? Who that? <laughs> hey, before we go, tomorrow night, we're recording this on Friday night. Tomorrow, LSU. Go Tigers. What do you think? They're going to roll? Cox? Uh, Cox Tigers? Oh, yeah. That's a fact. They're 13 and a half point favorite right now. I think uh, they're definitely. 13 and a half over Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Woo! Joey Burrow going to roll. The Heisman. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, that's all Oklahoma can do. They can't they can't stop people from scoring, but they can score, so. Uh, how salty is uh, Alabama after letting Jalen Hurts go? And now he's playing in the college football playoff, and they aren't. Yeah, but Tua, Tua was the savior. Yeah, well, you know, shit happens, so. Now Tua needs a walker. Yeah, hang on to your guys. The fact that, yep. okay, I didn't realize that it's the Peach Bowl is the one of the games. And the fact that it's the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, like who's eating chicken peach or peach chicken? <laughs> one or the other, like. And the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl just sounds like <laughs> something you'd Google for porn, so. <laughs> bad, bad on the uh, on the NCAA for getting their sponsorships here. This is a, I feel like they just out. pulled them out of a hat. They must, a, you know. The good all right cotton for bowl. the Cotton Bowl <laughs> or the Quick Lane Bowl. What the hell are these names? Was the Quick Lane Bowl the game that was last night? Like Eastern Michigan and somebody. Yeah. Yeah, that was where the, the guy coaches the wore mechanic shirts on the sidelines. Yeah, but uh, it was Eastern ridiculous. Mich- and Eastern Michigan's quarterback threw a punch at one of the uh, Pittsburgh guys and clipped a ref, and he did a LeBron flop. It was great. <laughs> it was a bad flop. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bad flop. Good TV. Um, speaking of bowl <laughs> names, bowl of the year as far as names are concerned, <laughs> not going to be played until Tuesday. Between Florida State, Arizona State, that's right, Herm Edwards coaching in that game. It's uh, it's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good stuff right there. Yeah. All right. If you're listening, hit us up on Twitter at Joint Practices. Again, I'm at 11 the Goat. Steve at the Knox says Steven's not here, but he is at Steven. JPP. 
Hit us up. Come on our show. You could be like Mr. Chris over here. Join in on an episode. Get your own seven on sevens. Sit on the main pod. Whatever you want to do, hit us up. Yeah, whether you're listening on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, or Blueberry. Make sure you subscribe to get the you know the next episode. You can leave a nice little rating, maybe a review if you're feeling froggy. We'd love to uh, hear from anybody who has anything to say about their experience here on the Joint Practices Podcast. And if you're on Twitter, go ahead this week. Use the hashtag HorseHockey, which is <laughs> my parental curse that I was using this week watching the Vikings game. Because uh, I have a three-year-old now, and anything and everything I say, he repeats. So he came Literally. up to me today, and he goes, hey, Dad. And I went, what? And he gave me that look like he was about to say something inappropriate. And then he was like, oh, wait, it's Dad. I can't do that. And he goes, I say geez Louise instead of fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you little shit. <laughs> Yes. I was like, yes. Oh, yes, you yeah. do. <laughs> oh, God. I, uh, that's going to take me a week to recover from that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my sides hurt. <laughs> I got the, uh, I'm pulling out the bologna fudge and mustard a lot, and he can't figure out how to say it yet, so it, it's got him baffled a little bit. He's kind of forgotten about some of the other stuff he's heard. <laughs> oh, God. That's good stuff. Uh, uh, week 17 must be nice to be playing a meaningful game uh, this week. Oh, wait. No, it feels really good to not be concerned at all. Guess what? Vikings are the sixth seed. And uh, we'll find out who we're going to play. But until then, Skull Vikings. Fly goes fly, baby. We're going to get another food at. Ah, go Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> we out. See you.